Yes, it is. And uh, welcome back as we head into hour two of our daily three-hour tour. It's a delight, a privilege to bring back one of my favorite public intellectuals, uh, Professor Mark Bauerline, uh, Emeritus Professor of English at Emory University, editor of First Things Magazine. I wanted to talk to him. I knew I did uh, this morning when I was watching the news unfold, also about his very important piece in the Epic Times, The End of Politics. Dr. Bauerline, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Seth. Thank you, sir. Thanks for your common sense. You put it uh, as well or better than anyone I could think of. I've talked for some months now, if not more, about the Democrats and the left effort to marginalize and make untermention of conservatives and Republicans. You write in the Epic Times, supporters of Donald Trump are an aberration, an irrational upsurge, an eruption of atomism, atavism into the sane operations of American democracy, and thus you don't compromise with such cretins. You don't debate them. You get rid of them. Democrats aren't satisfied with winning. They don't gaze across the aisle and see legitimate opposition. They see deplorables who shouldn't be in the room. I I couldn't say it better. The goal right now is certainly not the truth. It's not the fact. It's not even politics in the old way of parties competing, policies being debated, votes being counted. It is instead one side out to discredit, to demean, to smear the other side to the point at which it feels justified in expelling those people from the public sphere. We we don't belong in the body politic. That's right. This this is the attitude we're facing now, and that's not a political attitude. Politics accepts uh, more or less pluralistic mm-hmm. society. We're going to have liberals. We're going to have conservatives. They're going to fight it out in one way or another. Sometimes one side wins. Sometimes the other side wins. No, we're, we're past that. Yep. Now there is no acceptance that conservatives have any viable position in the public sphere. And what we have, the difference now is that the left has always been striving for this goal. Mm -hmm. Going back 80 years, Mm -hmm. the idea was to steadily eliminate the conservative side, the right side of things, so that the left side tries. Liberals, they didn't want to get too aggressive about this. Right. I mean, Bill Clinton in the 90s, you didn't feel like Bill Clinton would have this much of a spirit of vengeance right. and vitriol That's right. at the other side. That's right. But uh, I think with an education system for 50 years pushing leftist values, we've got now more and more millennials coming into the media, coming into activists, organizations and they they brought with them an illiberal attitude an attitude that does not believe in the first amendment no no look at what millennials have done to the new york times editorial room Mm -hmm. it's not liberal anymore i mean they're 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 nervous The, the old liberals there are nervous the canceling is not something that liberals did back in the 90s so 
I uh, right now I would say that leftists through the cultural march through the institutions, leftists now have brought liberals over to the the expulsion strategy, and it's it's not going to stop. So it's not going to get worse. What 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 bothers me is Republicans who don't realize that this is the game they're in now. It's war. They want to eliminate us, period. I guess, in a way, Mark, this is so much of our complaint with people like Mitch McConnell, let's say, or other um, leaders in the Republican Party who think that they can appeal to a decency of a Democratic Party or a decency of the opposition in some form of a Stockholm syndrome where they're not convinced of the rightness of their own cause um, and 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 that they will come for the Mitch McConnells. I think what the Mitch McConnells of the world, and I don't mean to pick on him specifically, I'm using him as a template for a whole cast of Republicans, if you'll, if you'll work with me on this for a second, I, I, I think what they miss is or they forget – is that this has been going on for a long time and not just against Trump. It's just it's much more loud and powerful now. They called Mitt Romney a racist. You bet they called John McCain a racist. Yeah. When they were running for president, they sure did. But yeah. now it's, you know, it's it's never been more complete than it is now. Well, keep in mind the personal circumstances of these people. Mm-hmm. All of the establishment people have a very good gig going mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. If they're in the think tanks, if they're writing for an establishment magazine, and if they are a senator, a member of Congress, that life is very good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. They live in very nice places. Their kids or grandchildren go to very nice schools. They make a lot of money. So they've got a lot of investment in a, a liberal world that accepts them. Mm-hmm. They know they're outnumbered, mm-hmm. but they want to be accredited. Yeah, they want a kind article from the Washington Post now and again. Yeah, and so this is the respectable yeah, side yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of the public. Yeah. That's what they want to be. And look, they're scared. Yeah, They are scared of losing their position, their status, their income. And anyone who thinks that this is not about going after people's income hasn't been paying attention to, I mean, you, you've seen some of the actions of informing companies of anyone in who was in the Trump administration leaving for jobs out there in the private sphere. Those names are being circulated. Yeah. Those people are being blackballed yeah. in the in, in the economy, in, in the finance world, in, in, in private and their ability to make a living, yeah, you betcha. We have we we have a group, we have a group out here. I don't know if they exist in other locales. You're an editor at First Things. We have a group out here called Rofters, Readers of First Things, and they gather monthly to talk about articles you guys put out. One of them just texted me. We're living in a French Revolution. Nothing so much as the French Revolution all over again. Well, we know that one of the core ideological elements of the French Revolution was the community, the Committee of Safety, and the whole dictatorship of virtue. Right. Virtue, purity, enemies of the state, 
This is stuff that we're seeing now. And this was very common in the French Revolution. You just read read the history of Robespierre, who was known as l'incorruptible, the incorruptible one. Right. He was the man of purity. And purity is a very dangerous idea yeah. in the hands of a politician with power. You bet. We know what happened. So uh, we, are in, we, we are impure. We need to be cleansed from the public, the, the political sphere. There it is. It started early enough when the Democrats would call Republicans fascists and Hitler, and then it became white supremacists. Uh, even today, you see these terms, literally today, you see these terms thrown around with no sense of responsibility on the floor of the House of Representatives. Say what you want about the rioters, which we've all denounced uh, appropriately so. I don't think white supremacy was their issue, but sure enough, that had to be attached to it today because they have to securely affix to uh, all of us that label, uh, Mark, right? So the censorship and censorship against us could not be more complete than it is today. I don't know the way out. Uh, There's a few proposals here and there on what to do with social media. Uh, I like some of the idea of expanding the First Amendment, although I know that's controversial to to these communications enterprises. Um, I wonder if I can keep you for one more segment and think through with you the proper posture for conservatism going forward. Can we do that a little bit? Sure thing. I really appreciate it. What a gift to have you with us, Uh, Professor Mark Bauerline, editor at First Things Magazine and uh, professor of English at Emory University Emeritus. Boy, I I wonder what it would be like to be in front of a classroom uh, today, I'll tell you. Uh, All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. Mark Bauerlein is uh, the best sure. prof- the best professor I've never had. <laughs> professor Bauerlein, um, editor at First Things. Uh, we were talking about your piece in the Epic Times, uh, and boy, it's so well written. Um, and you talk about the future, clarifying uh, two kinds of Republican: uh, the one who gets along with rep- liberals, and the one who doesn't. Uh, and I, I, you know, someone posted on Twitter today, if I wanted to go to a social media site with a nice range of diverse views, I, I just don't know where to go. Where do we go, Mark? What does conservatism do? No one's coming after first things. No one's coming after talk radio, I don't think. They may try. They won't succeed. So we still have these outlets, I suppose, right? Movements have been started with less. Well, the first thing I would say is that you've got to be forthright and don't back down. Yeah. Don't fear the old charges of racism and sexism and homophobia. Don't be afraid of that anymore. That is a weapon of the left. No more guilt trips. Do not accept the guilt. Remember this. Donald Trump, for four years, was lambasted every day as a racist, white supremacist, sexist pig. And his share of the Hispanic vote and the black vote went up significantly. The black vote was still small, but it was much higher 
than it was in 2016. That should tell people a whole lot of black and brown minorities in this country are tired of the victim narrative. They're, they've entered the middle class, and they really don't see this horrible white supremacist world that is putting them down. What we have here is an activist group and a media feeding this, and the politicians way too often believe it. They don't look at the actual voters. Donald Trump was visited by Jim Brown, one of my heroes when I was a kid. Jim Brown was great. He was a man. And he walks in. He doesn't think Donald Trump is a racist. That's good enough for me. So you've got to stand firm, stand strong, hold to your principles. Now, what you said says about what do we do, we have to remember that corporations, for instance, are bullied and intimidated by a small group of leftist activists. And easily. And easily. Easily. Yeah. Why don't we have now any conservative group of activists? Activists not defined by their identity, activists defined by their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Their beliefs, say, in religious liberty, religious conservatism, and biblical truth, uh, and why don't, that, why don't we have a group like that and have them start writing emails? Ticket outside corporate headquarters. Make noise, because it doesn't take that much. That's what we see what the left has done. Conservatives are so bad at playing this game, and if they don't learn to put the same kind of pressure on organizations that the left does, we're dead. We are going to be out of the public sphere. We're going to, we're going to be hounded uh, when we go applying for jobs. We're going to see these diversity measures put into human resources that filter us out of the pipeline. And, and you know, you, you've got to do things differently. Okay, getting the tax rate down 1% it's not really going to help. It's not going to help us. So this is this is my advice. Look at the organizational efforts of the left and copy them. Mark, it does seem to me that there is a large membership in various groups that you might call conservative, uh, uh, whether it's groups of uh, believing evangelicals and Catholics, uh, perhaps add the Orthodox Jewish community to it, whether it's a mass... Muslims, uh, too. Yes, absolutely. And you can add, or as part of that group, certainly 70 million voters. Um, But that's it, isn't it? That's the point, isn't it? We can't show up just every two and four years in November. It really has to be harnessed in a much more workaday or quotidian fashion. The left figured that out, right? That's your point. Was it? Was it? I, I can't remember. Was it Citicorp or Citibank that said they're not going to donate to any? Yeah, a bunch of them now. Yeah, a bunch of them have joined that call. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about calling for conservatives to pull their money out of? those institutions. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay? Yeah. How about, you know, Target a few years ago 
did the transgender bathroom thing, and there was a response to that, and Target backed off. Right. It doesn't take much. That's right. And the thing is, we're not targeting anyone. We are simply saying, stop targeting us, or we're out of here. So we're not playing the same aggressive game as the left. All we're saying is, go back to impartiality, or we're leaving. We're taking our money elsewhere. I, I think that we have to get into that game, and I think we have to also get into the game of a much younger audience and brain as well. I've been campaigning for people to, you know, start running for school board. That that that, that that's where the left really. You, you you had mentioned this: thirty years of cranking out eight million high school and college graduates a year. Eighty percent of probably are steeped in socialism. Uh, that 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 piper has sung, huh? Hey, hey Seth, do you want to tell me why? Uh, public universities in many states are hard left environments, and those states have a Republican governor. Yes, I can tell you why, Mark, and you know the answer. The answer is they didn't learn from Ronald Reagan in 1967. That's the answer. That's right. Well, you know what? Now, remember, Reagan in 67 was willing to sit there at the table, look into the eyes of the hard left, and say, no. Yep. yep. These Republican politicians have no conception of how to do ideological warfare. That's right. They don't. They don't know what they're facing when they sit down with a group of leftists. That's right. They're they're puzzled. They don't understand these people. Ronald Reagan. Remember, Reagan fought communists in Hollywood in the 1940s, yep. and he won. Yep. He fought the the the, the leftist students activists in California in the 60s, and he won. Yep. Yep. There's a lesson for you, but the conservative policy, the Republicans have to be prepared for this, and too many of them aren't. They, 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 they do not know, and they don't care. Yep. Seth, they don't care. They're creatures of the donorocracy. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna make this this is the point. You want compassionate conservatism? No, but conservatives who care about things that matter most, you bet. First things, I'm with you, Mark. This is well done. Your piece is really good. It's really it's really really it sums up everything I've been trying to say, except so much better and in so fewer words. Doctor Bauerline, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, sir. Stay strong. I know you will. Thank you, sir. God bless you. We'll be in touch. Voice of Reason, welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, your show here on out, and we will get to all of you. We have uh, plenty of time and plenty of room. Uh, who am I going to next? Stephanie, I think, in Scottsdale. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Seth. It's kind of interesting. I was thinking of reaching out to you today because <clears throat> I really have no idea what to do, but um, I'd like to give you just a little bit of background. My husband and I were self-employed, therefore, 90% of our income comes through the market and investments. Um, Our only child lives in Dubai. So having said that, we canceled our deleted Facebook, which has been a major way we've communicated with our son through messages and stuff like that. Um, And in fact, Dubai is restrictive and very limited, and we only have one way to communicate with him now, um, and I haven't even checked out who owns it, so I hope I don't have to say goodbye to Skype, because yeah. that will break yeah. my heart, but I will. Sure, sure. So 
we talked to our stockbroker today, and we make a lot of the money that we have made this year has come through Amazon, Google, and the, the, the suspects that we're going to cancel sure. have to figure out how we're going to replace that income, yeah. um, and so on and so forth. So I thought this is so help, uh, hopeless just to have one person doing this. What what could we do? And my husband said, well, you know, call up and tell them that we're not going to support, um, and call the advertisers and say, if you advertise on these platforms, we're not going to support you. But there again, we're one voice. And then you had this wonderful gentleman on. but I And I listened very intently to him, but I still don't understand how... I know there are more people out there willing. Oh, Amazon Prime. I know I'm talking all over the place. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm I following you. I, I know what you're by doing. Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm, I'm a shut-in. I'm 75, mm-hmm. you know. I can get stuff ordered. I can watch the Amazon Prime, but I'm, I'm going to cancel sure. it. Uh, YouTube. I love to paint. I love to sit down and watch my little tutorials and paint. I'm canceling my YouTube. So I'm not whining because... I know that our forefathers gave up a lot. Right, sure, sure. You know, but it isn't going to do any good unless we do it together. I agree with you about education, but we don't have the time right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I know. It's a long-term that. goal. It's a long-term it project. It is, and we have to do something now. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is not about President Trump. It is about the fact that you, if you are not in line with what they say, you're canceled, as you call it. You lose your job. Uh, my God, the bank, the Deutsche Bank isn't going to make that man loans anymore. If they can do it to him, they can do it to any of us, yeah. and so on and so forth. So how how can we get a group to go uh, protest at Amazon? You're going to have to use one of those platforms. Are they even going to let you communicate on that platform right. to set up a protest? I mean, I just don't understand how to do those right. things. Right, right. Well, first of all, uh, there's still there's still email platforms, and you can organize a lot by email, of course, and you can do a lot by telephone. <laughs> that's the old-fashioned way. There are other applications. Right. WhatsApp is certainly one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Skype probably is one of them. I haven't done the investigation either, but at least for now I haven't heard anything. Uh, it's owned by Microsoft, them. so right. I don't, you know, right. yes. Right. Um, so there's all, all always that. And, and I do think, I do tend to think that if this isn't a wake-up call for our movement, um, you know, people would say to me, well, the left is going to overreach. I don't know what overreach looks like if this isn't it. You know, this, 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 may, be, this may be their general reach. This may not be an overreach for them, what they're doing today. They, they are drunk with power and exercising it. Um, so if this isn't a wake-up call for us to organize and do better, and by organize and do better, I mean, yes, the organizations that stand for religious liberty, of course, they're going to have to harness uh, their supporters and harness getting more supporters. Same and the with, NRA. Say all of them, all of our groups that defend our rights. Um, they're going to just have to do better. We are going to have to do better in recruiting candidates we are going to have to do better in communicating our messaging. We are going to have to do better than winning the Congress by one vote uh, or one seat in two years. We need um, a cleaning of the Augean stables like we did in 1994. And we are going to have to rally around certain spokespeople, men and women, uh, like we did Newt Gingrich and his and his uh, revolutionaries of 94. We're going to have to we're going to have to 
rally around them, find them and rally around them with a clear and convincing message. Uh, as the old rock song goes, that we're not going to take it anymore. Because, you know, if this country is still centrist, if it is, uh, the needle today, the needle today is far off to the left. And we have got to be the ones that shoulder it and bring it back to the middle. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hal's and Prescott. Hi, Hal. Hey, Seth. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, appreciate that, it. Of course. Of uh, course. Well, I had uh, some great callers so far, and um, I kind of wanted to uh, throw a couple of things together and see what your thoughts were. The, uh, there's the old essay uh, written by um, – I'm trying to remember who's written by – Repressive Tolerance. And um, that's what we're seeing is the implementation of that, um, of that essay, which is basically just repression of the people you disagree with politically. It's the opposite of liberalism. And um, this this is now going to be government policy. I mean, if, if there's a speech code and a bias response team at a university, and they have been doing this at the universities for years, this is this is how they're going to run the country. And so uh, so how do you begin to organize against this? There, there was a recent article that basically said that you know conservatives need to think about what Martin Luther King did, which was you know peaceful organization and protest. Because obviously what's going to happen uh, when you invade the capital with a bunch of lunatics carrying spears just like Vikings, uh, you know, the, the national security apparatus is going to get interested in that because they're interfering with the appropriate and legal function of the United States government. And so th- this is gonna, that has, is going to have the opposite effect of what Martin Luther King did. And what he did was was maintain moral authority and simply point out the truth that they were treated, that Martin Luther King, that black people were treated as second-class citizens or worse for many years in this country. And this is what is coming at us, is is less, a lesser status, second-class citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I have uh, talked a lot about that, you bet. Yeah, yeah and it, so exclusion from all of these different things. So the author of this article, I think, is right. You know, peaceful protest and, and moral protest to, and uh, reasoned argument will reach people because it doesn't scare them. When your average person sees what happens at the U.S. Capitol, and that's all they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Every time Donald Trump does, when Donald Trump walks across the street, there's going to be somebody dressed like the Viking guy following him around. And uh, to remind everyone of of what they are going to blame Donald Trump for. So that sort of stuff totally sabotages any chance that you have of being treated well. Mm-hmm. And so as part of this, that, that's part one of the strategy. Part two of the strategy is what your, your most recent caller said, you know, get off Amazon, dump all of this stuff. There are alternatives for everything. You know, for books, there's Biblio.com. Mm-hmm. They're independent, mm-hmm. and Amazon has bought up everything else. Mm-hmm. For everything that you buy, some, there's someone other than Amazon who will sell it to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe a small business locally, mm-hmm. or maybe you can reach somebody on the phone. Mm-hmm. Do all of those things. Get off all this stuff and, um, you know, and stop giving your opponents who are going to oppress you money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and as for overreach, you had said over, you know, relying on their overreach is not going to work. I, 
I think you just said that. Yeah. It's because you're relying on their failure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and they're not going to – there's no such thing as overreach for people who are motivated by hatred, fear, and the absolute utter belief that they're in the right. There's no such thing. They're going to say, oh, I think we overreached. You know, we No, they won't. We right, right. Reached. They'll think they underreached or didn't go far enough. Yeah. I mean, who, who yeah. thought they went this – they'd go this far? They did. And they don't think yeah. they've gone far enough. The purge is beginning, and to them it's not a purge. To them it's a correction. Right, yeah. right. It's justice. Yeah, exactly and, right. You know, the exactly right. It's social prosec- justice. Yes, right, yes. Yeah, and the prosecution of General Flynn, and we have to say it over and over again, this is the pivot point in history. This man was innocent. They knew he was innocent. They did it for the sake of political power. And this man had served his country and gone into harm's way. And if they're going to take somebody like that and make an example of him and remove him from the service of a lawfully elected president for the purpose of political power, there's very little they won't do. Mm-hmm. And so and, and as for the, the, the uh, capital, uh, you know, the attack on the capital, uh, the conservative, normal conservatives, normal people, if you have a family and you're not reading QAnon and you go to church. You know, you have to understand that these people are nuts and that they have set us back massively. And it doesn't matter if it was a false flag operation, if it was actually Antifa in there doing that stuff, whatever it was. OK, that that event is going to and you'll never prove that, that it was a false flag that is going to set us back for years. And so because of that, regardless of whether or not it was a false flag or a real event or a right wing nut job. I like what you said last or, week. Don't assume these people are stable. Right, right. Yeah. They're not normal. Right. If you're sitting down in Nancy Pelosi's chair, you're not normal. Right. Correct. Even if you're Nancy Pelosi. Correct. Right. Um, and so <laughs> right. We, right. Right. we need to separate ourselves from these people. Yeah. Because even because that removes the possibility of false the false flag. Mm-hmm. And we can say, yeah, we told you they were nuts. You know, we've been telling the government about these people. Listen, they're crazy. We have been trying to tell you because they are not us. And we understand that we're going to be blamed for what they do. We are peaceful protesters in the vein of Martin Luther King. All we want to be, all we want to do is have an equal opportunity to live in this country and go to the bank and send our children to school and go to church and get elected to local government and have an equal say in things and have fair and honest elections. Those people over there that the national security apparatus is now interested in, they're crazy. And thank you for protecting all of us from them because they are just another form of anarchist, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what we want, which is constitutional government, equal justice under law. And so those people are just as much trouble for us as Antifa is. And in fact, they're more trouble because they allow the radical left who are not liberals, who are always looking for another way to stereotype and scapegoat. There are anybody who opposes them as lunatics. Those people made did their job for them. Here's um, here's the problem this comes to us with, and uh, I'll pose it for you to think about, Hal, and others as well, which is you're giving voice to um, – how should I put this – a calm and sane view of our movement, which is what I've tried to do, what almost everyone you and I know has tried to do for gosh knows how many years, including the last four, and the left will never hear it. 
what we have to do is presume that there is a part of this country, hopefully a large part of this country, that is not too terribly swayed by what Cory Bush and Nancy Pelosi said today and at the same time obviously abhors what happened at the Capitol and uh, last week and, um, and, 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 and get them to listen to us uh, or read us. Uh, th- this, this is the great project because, you know, what Nancy and her, and her um, party have done is made it very hard for people to read us and listen to us. You know, you could get sane writings from the right on uh, on uh, on on so on some social media until social media said we don't want people reading that. You know, they want us all to be that bear man, and they want us all to be seen as insane. Our project is to find those people who aren't yet convinced and convince them. Hal, thanks. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. So delighted to have the full slate of calls here. We'll get to all of you. Don't go away. Steve's in Tempe. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Are you there? Steve, once, twice, give us a call back. Sounds like it could be you're possibly on mute. Uh, Jeff is in Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you? Great. Hey, uh, just um, I listen to everything that's being said, and um, I I have a problem with trying to stereotype people and trying to tell people what they should and should have shouldn't have done when uh, certain people were not were not in certain circumstances. I never, I will not condone anybody breaking property, destroying property, or anything like that. Never. You should be charged, uh, in, just like everyone that's done it for the last year and a half. Or and more, we've been saying, right, have, just as we have been saying for charged, yes. and they weren't charged, right, just as we have been saying we, consistently. We have seen this right. over and over right. and over. Right. <laughs> so, what do people think when they see over and over and over these things happening and nothing happens? What do they believe the uh, ramification for it now that it's okay to do, that it's allowed, that it's uh, somehow this is my, you know, I saw this person do it. And obviously we're, we're living in a world now instead of where two, two wrongs don't make a right, two wrongs do make a right. This is the way people think. This is the way people see it because it, they, they believe they have an entitlement to do these things. But I have a problem also with because I'll tell you flat out, I know personally that guy that wore those horns and that makeup that was standing up there. Yeah, I, one or two other people have told me as well. He is like, not you know, an anarchist. You know. He is not violent. He's never done a violent thing in his life. I can tell you that, testify to that on my life. Okay? He got in there just like a lot of people, like the girl that was shot that was a 14-year-old, 14-year veteran of the armed forces. There are people in there, and they should be—they should be prosecuted for trespassing. Every single person. But again, now I see articles. I see things where there are certain people 
who are actually putting out there that they're part of certain groups and they were caught and they're not being prosecuted. Yeah, no, I, I understand. This this is the maddening part, Jeff. I think I understand. This is the maddening part that when there is one rule for thee and one rule for me, uh, that it breeds contempt for the law itself. This was the whole point of Lincoln's Lyceum Address in 1838. I got tired of reading it last summer over the airwaves in different parts of it. But this was the – I was trying to invoke a, a call to understanding what anarchy and mob violence does when the Democrats weren't. And we have the result with us now.